Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and Pastor Adam Osier continue their discussion on the small called articles. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and faithful service in His kingdom since 1964. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Adam Osier. All right. We are not musicians <laughs> here, singing guys. Singing lyrics for a, random 90s songs. Yes. Yep. We're not going to sing. Uh, I don't know how our listenership is. You know, I don't know how many people listen. I do run into people occasionally who, who do listen, and, and in the Lutheran circles we run in especially. And, and you know, it, it always amazes me. But if all we would have to do is post one episode... Of leaving the mic running between shows, <laughs> we would have it would be zero. It would it would diminish quickly. Uh, yes, as yes. Jason and I are uh, are singing. Anyway, Brett. Well, speaking of listenership, really quick, I met your mom <laughs> <laughs> at a basketball game. <laughs> That's true. Uh, awesome. You did. Uh, she she was seeking you out, and she's like, I, I've met Brett. I have never, I don't think I've met Jason. Where's, is that Jason down there? Is he doing the, and and I was like, you don't need to meet him, mom. You know, it's just Jason. I think it would have made for a more interesting bit if you just convinced her I didn't exist. (laughs) Like like you were doing two voices on the podcast. Same time. Oh. Yeah, so yeah, she, that was that was good. I don't know who to apologize to, my mom or you. Definitely your mom. We'll, uh, we'll go with that. Yeah. So anyway, All right, well, <laughs> sorry. help us. Yeah, so we're continuing to talk about the law, and uh, we, we fought the law, the law won, uh, all, that, all the time, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, so uh, last episode we were talking about the functions of the law, and Jason, you fleshed out the, the purposes of the law. And Adam screwed it all up, yep. added to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we just made two sides of one coin. It's like 3A, 3B. Yep. Uh, that's, yes. not, that's not adding another one. There we go. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> Brett, Brett looks at us with just such disappointment. Oh, yeah, yeah okay. we failed you, Brett. Let's That's go. All good. Brett, yeah, if so. you could have, if we, you know, like Joe Rogan, some of those guys who do, you know, podcasts mm-hmm. do the video and you can watch them. If we did that, you would see Brett quite often, like Lee Trevino, is it, on Happy Gilmore, who's always shaking his head at Happy because he's doing something. Uh, it's just, yeah, that's, that is Brett, that's, just shamefully shaking his head, looking at what Jason Brett has to. Doing. Brett has to see the chiropractor after every yeah. recording uh, yes. session. Yeah. We do, just get his neck adjusted. My neck, yes. Uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> in light of all that, uh, you know, as we talk about the law, you know, let's get on, on to the track of what our discussion is here today. Uh, uh, you know, there's a couple of interesting sections here in this uh, article, in the small called articles about the law, where it describes certain kinds of people. Uh, you know, as we we talked last time about functions, purposes of the law, but you know, it's always good to remember that this isn't just abstract stuff. This is the the word of God coming in a certain form to actual people, and people respond in in a very specific ways. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I think it's it's helpful to think through that. And um, you know, I don't I don't think that these examples here is, are exhaustive by any means, but I think they give us good jumping off points for discussions of uh, just the law at work in our lives. And so, I, I guess the first one I wanted to describe here. And, and talk about in in the second paragraph here. It talks about 
people who just hate the law, uh, that disdain God's law or just straight up reject it. And uh, yeah, it says here, some who hate the law because it forbids what they desire to do and commands what they are unwilling to do are made worse thereby. Uh, so yeah. interesting, the just the a rejection of God's law. So people respond in that way. Uh, describe or talk about that. Well, the, the biggest group of people who hate the law are jaywalkers. <laughs> people who cross the street wherever they feel like yeah, it. Yeah, right. There's no God whatsoever. Just, yeah. just total anarchy. <laughs> Oh. Alrighty. Well, that... <laughs> I, Amen. Let's I end the know. episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it talks about these people who hate the law. And I think this goes back to last week, what we were talking about the difference between old nature, new nature. You know, I said the new nature doesn't sin. We talked a little bit about mm-hmm. some of the nuance of that, but the old nature only wants to sin. It doesn't want to do what's right. So Can basically confirm. the, the, uh, <laughs> The, the person being described here is the unbeliever, just in general. I have okay. no desire yeah. to want to keep yeah. the law. It, it is a constricting thing. We see that, I mean, in our culture, for sure. I mean, you see... It's easy to jump to like, oh, look at those people out there that are, you know, they hate God's law. Yeah. But we forget that it's it's in us, too. It's in a, yeah, we, we don't like the law because there is a curb there to it and a guide for believers, too. Uh, we, we don't like it because it... it doesn't let us go in the gutter when we want to go in the gutter, like the bowling illustration I used, you know? Um, but yeah, our old nature is always there. It's always in that in that state of, I have a, an agenda and the law stands opposed to it. Therefore, I hate it. Um, yeah, but yeah. you see that practically in society. You know, saying you see it in, in all facets of, of society, especially the, the more antagonistic you know a lot of times the those who wanted to break the law we lived in a in the united states at least in a in a moral society uh with judeo-christian values if you will um and and now that's kind of going by the wayside and there's a lot of you see a lot of reaction against that which is a whole thing in and of itself because they're reacting against the law but they're doing so as though the law were the only thing that existed without the gospel and they're missing the whole point but anyway yeah, yeah it's interesting well it it goes back to what we were talking about last week with the functions versus uses and the sinful nature the old adam primarily thinks that the law is a tool to use And the nature of the tool, the sinful nature thinks it is, is it's a comparative tool. Hmm. Is that we are always using the law Uh. to compare ourselves to others. Right and and mm-hmm. and one of the one of the things that Luther talks about he alludes to here he talks about it more directly in other writings of his is people who rely on the law what the outcome of the law is in their lives right it's always either despair or pride mm-hmm. and 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 it is that way is I will use the law to compare myself to someone I regard as more righteous than I am and, and as I see that person become more holy than. Or, or, or be more holy than I am, then it brings me to despair because I can't do it. And the law is just constantly beating me down, constantly beating me down, constantly beating me down. Adam, this is how you and I in our, uh, you know, common past, that's how we struggled against the law mm-hmm. is that we were just never, ever good enough, right? Yeah. At, at the same time, uh, the sinful nature will find someone who's not as good as us in our mind and we'll use the law to puff ourselves up. Mm-hmm. Because we, you know, it's kind of like that old red herring. Well, you know, I might be bad, but at least I'm not Charles Manson. Yeah. Mm. Kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And as long as there's someone I'm better than in my mind, 
I'm not letting the law do its work on my heart in the way that God has intended it to do, because in the hands of the sinful nature, the law is a comparative tool. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that and that talks about too the you know getting to this, and I don't know if yeah. we want to go this direction yet sure. or not. Brett, yeah, go, but go ahead. But the um, the conversation about how the the law reveals inherited sin and its fruits. It shows human beings into what utter depths their nature has fallen and how completely corrupt it is. Uh, it's hard to compare. <laughs> you know, it's hard to compare when that's, you know, when that's what the law is doing. All of a sudden, you know, it starts to pick it apart and pick it apart and pick it apart. And it and the law, when it's doing what it's supposed to do, gets to that point where you realize, I ain't okay. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and and that's what, you know, that's what Paul's doing. I, I referenced this section of scripture at the end of last week, the... Romans uh, 1, 18 through 3.20 is basically this diatribe that Paul goes on about, uh, you know, the Jews aren't okay, the Gentiles aren't okay, ain't nobody okay. Yeah. You no know, one is righteous. just tears everybody down to that point. And, and, and he, he takes that argument that, Jason, you're making that we do with the law, we use it as a comparative tool, and he says, oh, you think you're good? So, so he no. goes after the, gen, the godless Gentiles. He goes after the atheists, basically, those who say there's no God, you know, look around the world and, you know, deny its creator, you know, worship the creation instead, all that. And, and then it's like he turns his head to the Jews and says, uh, and you guys who think you keep the law, you think you're good, you think you compare to these guys, you're messed up too. And and then then he you know culminates in that no one is righteous, no one does good, no not even one. They're you know the venom of asps is on their list, <laughs> lips and blah blah and blah on their lips and their lips. <laughs> anyway, so all that to say, you know, Paul, the, the law when when it it's doing its work, it's showing exactly, not exactly, it's showing uh, completely, completely, and that's another conversation, Yes, how completely corrupt we are. And um, yeah, not exactly though. Yeah, and, and, and we talk about this. I don't think the law shows us exactly how sinful we are, because if it did, if, if I compare myself, I said, well, I've never murdered 6 million Jews and gypsies and homosexuals or whatever Hitler did. Uh, I've never, you know, murdered as many as Stalin or that sort of thing. I'm better. I'm a better person. If God actually let us see the full extent of the sinfulness of our hearts, it would be absolute and utter suicidal despair. Yep. We would want nothing to do with, yep. with our, I mean, we would not be able to sin. So God, it's, it's almost like he pulls the curtain back as far as we need it to be for us to recognize ain't none of us okay. Yeah, right. And, and he, he leaves it that far so as for it to draw us to the gospel, right? That's what the purpose, you know, to draw us, to show us how the, that mirror is, is only so clear. If it was clearer, we would, we would be in despair to the point of suicide. But at the end of the day, he, he gives us enough of a clearness in the mirror to see, hmm, I need something better. It's like me yeah. in the morning when I take a shower and it's, it's steamy in there and, and you know, yeah. the mirror is steamy and I, and I, you know, I'm getting ready. I don't like the directions. <laughs> by this time I'm dressed, but it's still, you know, the mirror, yeah. I can't see really in it, but I can see enough that's like, sure. I want the mirror to fix that. You know, it can't, the mirror can't do it, but yep. I need something to fix it. And that's where, and this would be a perfect place to have like a uh, skin cream commercial, you know, like, you know, for those of you who have saggy second, second skin, function. Yeah, Neutrogena know. isn't a sponsor of the podcast, but, but it could be, but it could uh, be right. here. Uh, we should talk to him about that. Yeah. It could so be. I, I've been doing a, a catechism refresher for my adult Wednesday night Bible studies. It's been really fun to do that. And, uh, we just got through the section walking through the 10 commandments and it was really interesting to just watch 
my own life and and the people re, you know just reacting to the law of God and there was a whole lot of understanding of there's so much depth to each commandment that we don't and I think I said over and over again I, I don't think we understand the depth of our sinfulness but at least we're getting a little flavor of that of uh, just in talking about the law and having the law expose our lives yeah I the in the point you you said you just said it Brett and Adam you said it too it's not to understand the depth of our sinfulness mm-hmm but that there is a depth to our sinfulness, mm-hmm. right? That it's not just surface level, it's an easy problem to fix, right. you know, like plastic surgery, you'll get it taken care of and, we, you know, put lipstick on a pig, all those kind of things. That's not what it is. And, and you know, that's where off air, Adam, we were having this conversation versus qualitative, uh, about qualitative versus quantitative on that word. And it's, uh, you are right, as much as it, it pains me to say, you are right. <laughs> yes. Say that again. Brett, say that again. I yeah, wish we had the button to clap. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, but we don't have <laughs> that sound effect when, anymore. When it, when it talks about how completely sinful we are, it's a quality, not a quantity. And in fact, that actually goes back to what we were talking about the previous round of episodes in Original Sin, is Matthias Flacius's error was that we are so thoroughly corrupt that it makes God to be the author of sin. Yeah. And so it can't be the quantity. It's the quality that we're just thoroughly, uh, thoroughly corrupt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pervasively corrupt, right? Right. That sort of thing. And, and that's why the comparative exercise is actually a defense mechanism, because I don't want to be confronted with the depth of my sin, so I'm going to point out someone's surface level of sin over there. Mm. And, and the way this shows up in, in modern Western society uh, is virtue signaling. Right. Oh, as, sure. long, as long as I show myself to be on the right team, all of my bad qualities don't matter because I'm on the right team, and none of your good qualities matter because you're on the wrong team. Right? I mean, every political issue since the advent of social media, but especially for the last 15 years, has been divided down to which team are you on. Right? And that, that's all that matters because this is the old nature comparatively using the law to make mm. me feel better. Hmm. Mm. Put me on the right side of history. Yep. Yep. I, I believe in science. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. All yeah. of that is this exercise. Sure. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, let's, let's kind of shift gears here. Um, paragraph three here in the, this article describes people who are blind and presumptuous. Uh, it says, imagine, blinded by the light. Yeah, blinded. <laughs> Imagining that they can and do keep the law by their own powers. Uh, and it says, hypocrites and false saints are produced in this way. Yeah. So let's. <laughs> this is this is one of the things I've been working on lately. Yeah. Can you so, share that? So the the traditional dichotomy or or split that we Lutherans used to teach this is that a law based life either produces despair or pride. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that, but I don't think it takes it far enough. And, and so here's the thing, because of what paragraph three is saying is because people think they're actually obeying the law, right? And in my thing, especially watching on social media, this carry itself out is we never stop at pride. Mm-hmm. It's never good enough for the sinful nature to say, look, I did it. We're okay. You know, you're doing the Kramer wink, you know, that mm. kind of a thing like that, <laughs> uh, which was terrible for radio. Sorry about that. But I need the, two people the in the room. Yeah, yeah, the YouTube. Yeah. We'll Google Live it. stream it. Yeah. Google it. <laughs> uh, but we don't stop there because when we get prideful, we want others to see 
and recognize and acknowledge and reward our righteousness, which is what virtue signaling leads to. Mm -hmm. And so what ends up happening is that pride produces entitlement and then entitlement ends up in bitterness because we don't get what we think is coming to us because that's not the way God works. Seems like the older brother in the prodigal yeah, son. It's exactly what it is. And, and, you know, last week I mentioned I had developed a list of 10 ways Jesus fulfills each commandment, that there's a gospel image for each commandment. There is actually also an entitlement corruption of each commandment where each commandment predicts what we think we deserve when we think we're obeying the commandment on our own power. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think we've talked about this. Yeah. I think we've yeah. So the entitlement I don't of the what eighth, episode or when, but yeah, yeah, the entitlement of the eighth commandment. So the the gospel fulfillment of the eighth commandment is Jesus is our advocate. You know, John, First John, two, mm-hmm. one, and two, bearing true witness. The yep. entitlement of the eighth commandment is fame. Is mm-hmm. we think we should be famous. You know, the entitlement of the seventh commandment: you shall not steal. The entitlement of the seventh commandment is wealth, and that's. Basically, when you when you work down that spectrum, uh, the prosperity gospel charlatans fall perfectly into this system. Is that we are righteous because of the law, prosperity gospel? So we're entitled to fame because we back God into a corner, hmm. and this is how it works. And so I think you know, yeah, despair and pride because they they seem like polar opposite emotions, but it never stops at pride. We want people to recognize that pride and reward that pride, and we get bitter yeah. when we don't get those just desserts. Yeah, I think that that parable of prodigal son is yeah. is a perfect example of this whole story of these two men, yep. right, uh, that are described here. One is despair. Now, now we get to this point again. This is the law working without the gospel. You know, the mm-hmm. the purpose in showing us our sinfulness and the complete corruptness that we we can't help ourselves. Uh, is only meant so far, it can take us so far and no further, and that's the cross. So we can't forget the gospel here, but uh, in that which is the center of that story. But you have this brother who has gone off, done his own thing, and and lived his own way, and then realized as he's eating, you know, uh, the food of unclean animals, as he's wasted his entire thing and is expecting that nothing good is going to happen, he gets to this point of despair and of this utter, you know, I've just done nothing good. My, I don't deserve a thing. And then you have the older brother who's been doing everything right the whole time. And, and all of a sudden, when the gospel happens, it's the older brother that gets frustrated. And he says, I want nothing to do with this younger brother of mine. He went and blew everything and I did everything right. And you, he did everything wrong and you're blessing him. And the reality is, is both of them had the same problem. The, you know, they were sinners. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know, it came down to the fact that they were both broken. Both needed their father's, you know, love, mercy, forgiveness, yeah. and blessing. And and only one of them figured that out. And, and the the thing with the the what, what you call prideful or, or bitter, mm-hmm. you know, person. It's it's so interesting to see that is is kind of the default for our human nature. I think in in a lot of our society today, it's this idea that I can build a law that I can keep, hmm. uh, and and the Pharisees did that. There's nothing new under the sun. The Pharisees did that. The the tithing of d- dill, mint, and cumin. I can measure out exactly a tenth of my possession of they mint. made smart goals. You know, the law. <laughs> smart yeah. goals. Yeah, <laughs> attainable, achievable. Yeah. You know, time focused. I can do it by 
Sunday, um, you know, that's yeah. or Friday night, that sort of thing for them because you yeah. get it, the Pharisees yep. I and it. Sabbath. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, all that to say, you have all of these things that they, they want to do, they want to do, but all of a sudden Jesus says you've neglected, ne- neglected the weightier matters of the law and, and justice, mercy, you know, showing all this. And, and it's really hard. And then even then they want to niggle. They want to say, okay. Okay, yeah, justice, mercy, good. That's awesome. Uh, I'm supposed to, you know, love my neighbor, but really, who's my neighbor? Yeah. So they want to like categorize it in such a way that it's more manageable. I can love my neighbor, the ones that I like, the one, you know, the one to the east, they're awesome. The one to the west, not a chance. You know, I, I want nothing to do with that neighbor. I'm not going to bless him, but I'm going to. Oh, sure, yeah. Well, and that's I have exactly a neighbor it. named Norma. She's a wonderful woman. I would bless her all day long. I, I love, you know, I want to, I want to love her. Actually, I don't have any bad neighbors. I can't give an example. Yeah, but. You know, I we do that. We take this this idea that we can somehow manage it, and we want to at any point reduce it. Yep. And well, and it's the question: Who is my neighbor? Is really the question: Who isn't my neighbor? Because then we get to start excluding people from our love. The law becomes easier to fulfill, and the only way we're fulfilling the law is if we make it easier, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And the the sin of both the younger brother and the older brother in the parable of the prodigal son, the sin is that they both thought the law was necessary for salvation. And the old, you know, the younger brother thought he couldn't be saved because he had broken the law. Mm-hmm. And the older thought he should be saved because he had kept the law. And yeah. it's the same sin. I love flow charts. And, and it would be funny like with that, you know, like, well, who's my neighbor? And they want a flow chart. Is the person breathing? Yes. Okay. Then he's your neighbor. <laughs> is it is it uh, a person who's living on the face of the earth? Yes. Okay. Then it's your neighbor. <laughs> then yes, it's your neighbor. Uh, you know, and that that sort of thing. I, yeah. We we want to do that. We want to narrow it down. But the law is there not to make things easier, but to show how vastly uh, short we have fallen. Yep. Mm-hmm. How far we've come. Uh, away from being able to attain yep. the glory of God. Yeah. Do you guys want to speak a little to, um, I don't know how to call it, just a, like well-meaning or sincere Christians who, you know, they they understand this, that, you know, we can't can't obey, but then they say, well, can we obey? Or it's, it's a spirit at work in us. Uh, I don't know. What, speak to... Yeah, it's one of the things, you know, and in, in we come from in, quite literally in our heritage, there is pietism in our heritage, right? And one, one of the distinctions on this that where there's always tension when we talk about it is so often what ends up being screwed up is some corruption of the third function of the law. Mm-hmm. How how do we bring about good works in the Christian life? And that's the question with, you know, the sincerity movement and the well-meaning movement and whatever is one, mm-hmm. the, the danger of becoming legalistic is that you're using the law to produce only what the gospel can accomplish. And, and, and that's the root problem. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, pietism in the the worst possible sense of what pietism is misorders who gets credit for the good works and who who benefits from them 
Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we didn't really sort that out at the beginning, but that the whole question on the doctrine of vocation is who is the object of our good works? Do, do, do we need our good works? No, we don't need our good works because God has given everything we need uh, in Jesus Christ for life and salvation. God doesn't need our good works because he is God. Our neighbor needs our good works because that's the way God provides daily bread is through us. And in reciprocally, those are the primary ways in which God draws people to a place where they're ready to hear and receive the gospel is let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Uh, One of my assessments of capital P pietism is what you have is a misordering of where our good works belong. And once once you misorder the good works, then you mess up the motivation for doing good works and then you're twisting the law. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, I agree with what Jason's saying. I think that the the argument against good works is very, very, I mean, it's, it's I, I don't even want to say weak because weak seems to think it has some strength. There, yeah, there, there's you know, an I mean, argument at all. There's zero argument that God doesn't want us to obey his law. I you, you described, I think it was, I don't remember if it was this episode or last week, earlier this episode or last week, where we talked about um, the the nature of the law being God's purpose, you know, showing his purpose and who he is. I think it's also the reason that the reason God's that way is because, well, that's the way things work best. Yep. Right. And, and absolutely the law is important then (laughs) if, if our life is going to, to, you know, be lived in a certain way that's best, we're going to be following the law. It all comes down to motivation. It all centers around the heart uh, of the matter. And we are going to constantly be battling that too. Mm-hmm. We are going to constantly think, oh, I did that good work. And we're going to constantly pat ourselves on the back. And then the law comes and slaps us on the face. And, you know, it's, it's this constant patting. I'm patting on my back and slapping on my face. And we're going to battle that all day long. <laughs> that doesn't mean we stop doing the good works either, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it doesn't mean we're going to be like, well, I don't have the right motivation. So I'm just going to sit on the couch and hide today. No, just shut up, do it, take your slap. You know, when the law comes and convicts you of your own pride, come to the cross, confess it, go and love your neighbor again. You know, I I don't think we need to sit and dwell on that whole, you know, motivation. Well, that was done out of poor motivation. Well, no, let the law of God do that when it's wrong. But at the same time, let the neighbor get the love it needs, (laughs) or Mm -hmm. he or she needs because Mm -hmm. of that. Our our motivations aren't universally sanctified just because we're Christians. And so you do what you're required to do, and then you repent of your bad attitude. Yeah. If you wait for the proper motivation, you're never going to do anything because yep. as soon as you think you have the proper motivation, you're prideful about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, amen. Maybe that's the end, uh, end of this episode. Uh, thinking of Romans six fourteen says, for sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law but under grace amen amen thank you for joining us please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com also invite a friend to check us out on spotify and itunes the free lutheran bible college invites you to attend christmas at flbc on december 1st through the 3rd featuring performances by the free lutheran bible college and seminary choirs and the symphonic wind ensemble To register for free or find the live stream information, look at flbc.edu slash Christmas. God bless you and have a great week.